Hello, Toronto! Welcome to the Take 6 Podcast. I'm Hunter Surplus. I'm here with Callum Wise. What's going on, everyone? I'm good to, good, feels good to be back in Toronto. It sure does. It sure does. It's September 16th, and we are. it's Sunday. It's nice. Football is on. We've been watching a decent amount of football all day. And Jay's played. Jay's played. It's, yeah, it's been a good weekend for sports, for sure. And unfortunately, Keelhauer, Evan Keelhauer, is not going to be joining us today on the podcast. He's got a little bit of an illness. Uh, can't talk all that much, unfortunately. I mean, lucky for you guys, right? <laughs> but if this is your first time listening, we thank you for coming out and listening, and we appreciate the love. What we are is the three of us, we're here, and we're trying to give our opinions, our takes on things that are going on in Toronto sports. We cover teams from the Blue Jays, the Leafs, the Raptors, and TFC. And we basically want to give you our unfiltered opinion on what we think is important within Toronto sports. So thank you guys for listening. We're going to hop right into our first topic here. It's been big news around the city. The Leafs and William Nylander have not agreed to a contract extension for Willie this offseason and that was kind of going into the offseason that was kind of a a big step that the Leafs were going to take to keep this core around and to keep this team competitive for as long as possible unfortunately Willie is asking for eight million dollars which is quite a lot of money especially for a guy who had uh, 61 points last season and the season before that I think the lease are then they offer him six million. Yeah, I think they're putting out six million, six and a half million, which isn't you know that's not chump change. That's not chump change. That's for sure. But he he's a very important part to the organization. Very important component to this team for sure. He's got so much speed. He's got a very good shot, quick release, all that kind of stuff. But eight million dollars is a lot of money for a guy like him. A lot of money, it like, especially when we're paying John Tavares eleven million, and then we're gonna be probably paying Matthews roughly around the same amount. Mitch Marner, we're gonna have to get a deal with, get a deal done with him too. And honestly, I'd like, I'd like it if, if Mitch got the eight million, over Willie, yeah, and Willie gets six, six and a half, just because Mitch, is. A phenomenal player. That's all it is. Like he's just better. better. He's a lot smaller, but he's quicker, better hands. Just about the same shot. Phenomenal playmaker. He's got that chemistry with the the guys on the team, Austin Matthews. I'm sure he'll have great chemistry with Tavares as well. And the biggest thing that I saw from Marner was that he had 61 points in in 2016-17. And then had 69 in 17, 18. So it's not a, a huge, drastic kind of change in points. But if he gets up eight points again this season, he'll be hovering around 80 points. Yeah. He'll be hovering around 75 points. And I'm totally okay with that coming from Mitch Marner in his third year in the league. And on top of that, he had nine points in that seven-game series against Boston last year, which I thought he was going to get bullied. I thought he was going to get bullied in in that series just because of how small he was. 
So, will they be able to afford Willie and Marner at that price? Probably not. Probably not. But I think that they're such good players and they deserve that money. Like, if if we don't pay Willie eight million and he doesn't want to take the six and a half, I know for a fact that there's going to be a team out there willing to pay. Willie Needlander, $8 million. And and same goes for Mitch Marner. I know for a fact that there's going to be a team or two that's willing to pay for Mitch Marner's talents for $8 million. I definitely think the Leafs will pay that $8 million for, for Marner just because of how good he is. But uh, Nylander, I don't see them doing that. And they're probably not going to go past six and a half. If Like, seven is is, like, too much. Seven is not like for the player, but just for the lease in general at coming in at their cap because they have so many players that have to pay so much money. Yeah, they have they have a lot of extensions coming up. The big ones are Willie, Mitch, and Austin Matthews. Yeah. And and you need more money for Matthews. You need especially. a lot of money. He, he's gonna. I know Matthews is going to look right at what McDavid's making and, and be like, hey, I need that. Listen, I'm... I'm we're we're going to have to pay it. And we're going to have to pay him. Somebody will pay him that. Especially if he gets a C. Speaking of the captaincy, the Leafs named their three assistant captains for the season. And there's one notable name that's left off. That's Austin Matthews. However, However, the captain has not been named yet. The captain has not been named yet. They're still going in with no captain. So the the assistant captains are Marlo, Tavares, and Riley. Marlowe and, and Riley had the A last year, and Tavares is coming in and grabbing the A. And he deserves it. Again, and he deserves yeah. it. I, I totally agree. And so I don't think it matters at all because we know as Toronto fans, and, and I'm sure the organization knows and that they're, this is how they're going to play it, is that Austin Matthews is still the number one center on the team. He's still going to be the number one forward. Other teams are going to play him like he's the number one forward. They're gonna the tape is gonna be all about Austin Matthews. Everything they watch is gonna be Austin Matthews. Because they already they already know Tavares. Tavares has been in the league for so mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. And Austin is just this he's just a force. Yeah. So I I yeah. Austin's not gonna be hurt by this, I don't think. Um he is still gonna be the focal point of this team, for sure. For sure. He's young He's in a big market. I don't think he needs the captaincy right away. And I think they're playing this out pretty smart because mm-hmm. it's harder to... if Say say they're giving the captaincy to Tavares. It's harder to take the A away from Tavares and throw him as a captain than it is to just give the captaincy to Matthews, leave Tavares as an assistant. And I think that that's what they're doing because... You're going to have to get a new jersey for Tavares. Fans are going to be have to buy a new jersey for Tavares because it's got the C on it instead of the A. And it's just easier for the guys to come up and be like, hey, wait a year. Mm-hmm. You'll get captaincy next year. After you put up 80 points, 90 points, 40 which, goals, 50 assists. What you will. Whatever, whatever you're going to do. Once you, once you do that with the, with the big name behind you, when you hear the footsteps behind you, 
you're going to be getting this captaincy. So I think they played this off right. I like the three assistant captains that they have, and I think that they can't really go wrong with these guys being the captains. Tavares is the, is the born leader, and Marlo and Riley uh, have experience with the A in the locker room and around the, uh, the big market of Toronto. So now we're going to hop over to the, the hardwood. Um, SI recently came out with their NBA player rankings for the season. And it, uh, I don't necessarily agree yeah, with Yeah, which is Sports normal, though. Is, is very well-respected. And, and, and like when these come out, everyone's like, oh, yeah, we got to go check them out. We got to see what they're saying. And it's, yeah. They, we, I know there was a lot of controversy last year about it, the whole DeRozan, um, hashtag prove them kind of thing happened from the, from the SI. So, and uh, just we'll talk about DeRozan in a bit because he is on this list, but I also disagree with his placement. This year as well. Yeah, I, I we agree. Get, yeah, once we get lower down the list, then yeah. we'll definitely start. So what we're going to do is we're going to go down and we have five guys who are on the list from, from yeah, yeah, from Toronto, from the team. So we've got five guys, and we're gonna go down, and we'll go from the like the lowest coming rated from, coming from a hundred down. Yeah, so coming from a hundred down. So Fred Van Fleet's our first guy. He's sitting in at number ninety four, which I kind of like. I honestly I didn't expect him to be on this top one hundred, but yeah. when I see the guys who are placed around him, it's fitting. It really is. He's like, I don't like he could definitely be higher, but since this, this is his first year being good, I I I can agree with that. I can yeah. agree with being ninety four. I mean, he's only twenty four years old. Uh, he averaged eight point six points per game, which is uh, it doesn't look good. Like, but uh, like it says in the article of Fred Van Vliet that those stats don't matter because of what he he led the bench mob. He was the second, like the second round of Kyle Lowry, pretty much. He led that the bench mob to become the best bench in the league. Yeah, he, and I think that's the biggest thing here. It's I think that when Lowry and DeRozan were off the floor, the team was his. He was the guy, right? So he he was he was that dude, and also it's it's more than just the regular stats that I think are are putting him. In, into this conversation because he he ranked number twenty eight in in real plus minus so that kind of it gives you the plus minus within situational uh, events people like to say that this is like the best way to 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 prove if a guy is effective or not mm-hmm. so if he's ranking twenty eighth out of the people in the top one hundred that's pretty impressive and and he's in the top one hundred in both win shares. Which, and he finished third in the six-man voting, which is big. Like, possibly should have won it over Lou Will. Over, uh, uh, yeah, but what did he do? He didn't lead the bench mob. He didn't lead a bench to become the best bench in the league. Yeah, but he was almost a, he was almost an all-star. Almost. Lou Will. Yeah. Fred Van Fleet's not not close to an all-star. Yeah, because he's not in a like. I, I can almost guarantee you that Lou Will gets more playing time. Oh, 100%. 100%. But also, the thing that is impressive is that he 
he was able to come in and he he did play a lot of minutes um because the Raptors they depended start on yeah like the Raptors starting five was so good throughout the season that these guys got a lot of minutes and a lot of reps so I think even coming into this year he's going to be better mm-hmm. he's going to have better defensive players around him and I'm sure he'll have a decent amount of responsibility if Nick Nurse adopts the idea of kind of resting Lowry a bit more, playing him less minutes throughout the games and stuff. I think Van Fleet has a very good chance of making a very good case for six man of the year again. So the, the players around him, yeah, right? Gonna, so For every person, we're going to give you the two people above them and the two people below them. Yeah. So the two people above... Uh, Above meaning worse. That's yeah, like we're going down from a hundred, just to make that clear. So at number ninety six is Dirk Nowitzki, who like used to be top five, but yeah. now he's forty three or whatever. Oh, 40, sorry, but he you can tell he's he's done. He's, yeah, he's past. He can't even walk. That guy's knees are done skis, but. He's still a, he's still a good pl- like he can still put up points. That's why he's in the top 100. Uh, so yeah, like the fact that Freddie is above a legend is yeah, it's it's not saying much. It's not saying much. He's yeah, he's not saying much. Cool, it's cool to think that you're better than dirt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then coming in at 95, the Ugh. my least favorite Raptor, Damari Carroll, the little baby. Yeah, Damari Carroll, um, uh, I'm not necessarily, I'm not not surprised that he's in the top 100. Like, I think he, he's, he's a good player. He's a very good player. Not here. Not, yeah, definitely not when he played Toronto. I think I'm a little bit, I don't know. I, like, he did have a, he, D, he have he's, a he's a 3 and D guy who's not a very good three point shooter and has had lackadaisical defense in the past couple of years. So, if you're a three and D guy who can't shoot the three and plays spotty defense, I don't know if you necessarily deserve to be in there. And I think it's good that I think it's fitting that Van Fleet is above him in in this ranking. And then coming in so below him at number ninety three, which means they rank higher, was uh, Kelly Olynyk, the Canadian guy, Canadian boy, which uh, he's. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Not amazing. Yep. But he's he's good. Yep. And then uh, at number ninety-two is Evan Fournier on Orlando. He put up seventeen point eight points per game. He's in a really bad situation. I wouldn't say he's a I wouldn't say he's a talented player, but he's in a really bad situation, so he can put up those points. And I think it's good that SI didn't let the numbers kind of get to them in terms of ranking Fournier. But I do like where Van Fleet's positioned overall. I don't think he's necessarily a, like a top 80 guy. I think even if he wasn't in the top 100, I wouldn't have necessarily been mad. No. Just because his stats aren't necessarily like eye-popping at all. Like they don't like the really... The thing that makes the bench mob so good is that they work so well together. And yeah. And they're so good at their position mm-hmm. in that role. Yeah. Like... Having Pascal, having OG, having, well, 
not anymore, but Podal as that like big, as your big, and then also, I mean, Norma Powell when he's playing good, and DeLon Wright. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with Freddie's placement. Yep. He can only get better. Yep, exactly, exactly. So now we're going to hop down to number 78, and at number 78 is Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka. Um, 78. I, he, I'm pretty sure he went down. I think he was he was ranked higher. He would have, yeah. Well, he, he definitely he was, definitely was, years, he definitely was ranked higher before. Um, he, so he's very hit and miss, right? So I think 78 is a, is a decent spot for him. If it were me personally, I might put him a little bit, a little bit uh, higher. Like we've got we've got guys above him like Dennis Schroeder and Demontis Sabonis. At so Schroeder's eighty, Sabonis is seventy nine, and I, I think talent wise, Schroeder is probably the better player, mm-hmm. but Abaka's just I in think, a in a I way think better situation. Seventy eight because of, um, because of previous years. Like because he, of yeah, who he is. yeah. The thing is, is he's such a good defensive player, not like not so much he's, last year, but he's, he's been recently. known for yeah. He's but been he known. Here, uh, yeah, he was uh, three straight all defensive first team selections. Which yeah, is, that's good. that's remarkable. That's, pretty, that's yeah. remarkable. That's some that's some Dwight Howard stuff right yeah. there. And I think if he can find that zone again, then yes, this is a perfectly fine ranking for him because offensively he's not doing all that much for us if I'm going to be completely honest with you but we don't need him to right we don't need him to I'm not complaining have, about that we have enough scores now yeah I'm I'm not complaining about Kawhi that Kawhi joining the team yeah and I think I think with that speaking on that with Kawhi and Danny Green joining the team it allows for him to be better defensively as well on defense yeah. which we need if because that's the whole thing with Kawhi and Danny Green coming to this team is we want to become a more defensive team to to go up against these all-star offensive teams that we're going to have to play. The way to do that is to make an all-star defensive team and also have good scoring in there, which we have. But if we can get Serge Ibaka back to his prime of defense, not even prime, just around there, because he's not even close to where he was. Yeah, no. But yeah, in OKC, Serge Ibaka was a menace, and I think, and I think this is why he's ranked. I'm not gonna say so high, but why he's ranked at 78 instead of a mid mid 80s, like he he probably could be ranked. Yeah, like we said before, the two below him are Trevor Aritzia and Thaddeus Young. Sorry, Thaddeus Young and. Trevor Ariza on Phoenix and Indiana. That's a decent spot. I mean, uh, if you're putting him right behind Trevor Ariza, I think that's Ariza that's is a, is a pretty good. Uh, yeah, he's a Ariza's a, a solid player. He was way he was better a few years ago, but I think it's kind of the same case as Abaka, where yeah. he was better a couple years back, and they're kind of hoping that. Maybe since he's in a good situation, Ariza's not in a good situation. He might be in a good situation for himself uh, to put up personal points. But I think if you're in a certain situation for too long, you might get stale. And and I think that's what isn't going to happen with with these guys. 
So we're going to hop down now to Jonas Valanciunas, and he's sitting at number 63. Our big man is sitting at number 63, which is... And coming off of last year and how well he did, that is... I'm, that's a good that's a good spot for him. I'm good with that. Uh, I, I, you know, he's he's ahead of Yusuf Nurkic, like and he's Tobias and Tobias Harris. Harris. Like Tobias Harris had a had a, a kind of a breakout season last year. He was outstanding at the beginning of the year and kind of dropped off near the end. But I think them putting him ahead of a guy like Nurkic, who is you can compare him to Nurkic because they're in the you know same position. And they kind of have the same, well, they did with DeRozan and Lowry and then having uh, CJ and Dame. They kind of were in the same position, like the same boat in terms of their teams. I just think Nurkic is a little better defensively than than Valanciunas. But as a pure center, I like where Valanciunas is put here, especially in a, in a day and age where pure centers aren't all that they're not as big as they used to be. Exactly. They need to be a good scoring center, mm-hmm. which which he is. He's a yeah. good. He has a really good shot. And I think a, a mid-range. He's got a very yeah, good mid-range, mid-range yeah. game. And I think the addition of uh, Valanciunas is not necessarily he's not a sharp shooter by any stretch of the imagination. But I think the addition of him adding a couple, you know, three-point shots here and there. Is helping his case in terms of, in terms of getting into this top one hundred. And uh, sitting right uh, below him is JJ Redick and Lou Williams. I like that. I, those are both those two. Both those guys are two general, effective yeah. players. They're not. They're not going to be the best player on their team, but they're a good fourth, fifth option, yeah. which like is JV. what JV what JV is. is. I think he. I think JV could be ranked a little bit higher. Like I wouldn't necessarily be upset if he was ahead of ahead of a guy like Lou Will, yeah. um, just because he has more but impact on the he's game. A he's a starter. He plays a little bit more. He when Valanciunas is good, Valanciunas is great, right? Yeah. And I think he's I think he has a chance to kind of take a step forward, and like I said with Ibaka, maybe get better defensively because of the guys who were brought in around him mm-hmm. with Kawhi and stuff. So now we're going to we're going to hop down again to number 23. Going down a like a lot. Big a big jump. Number 23 Kyle Lowry, that's where he's sitting. Um this it, is it, kind of it, this is uh, this is questionable. I'll, I'll tell you some players that are that are ranked worse than Kyle Lowry. We got first off at number 30 DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, we'll get into that later. We'll get into this one later, but yeah, DeRozan's at number 30. Kyle's at 23. Then it's Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. Those, yeah, he's better than them. Yeah. Bradley Buell, I can see Uh, that. Ben Simmons, he's uh, a rookie. This is is where it starts to get a little iffy. Well, it got iffy iffy as soon as you said DeMar DeRozan is is worse than Kyle Lowry. But, like, right here is where it starts getting... Gordon Hayward. I can see maybe because he was injured all last season, but if when he's playing, he's he's better. There's no doubt that Gordon Hayward and then John Wall. You got John Wall behind Kyle Lowry. Yeah. If wow. If you know 
my point of view on John Wall, you know that I think that this is a bunch of BS because John Wall is one of the most talented, talented pure point guards of of this era. era. Yeah. He's he's basically he's not as good as Russell Westbrook, but he's got the athleticism of Russell Westbrook. He's got the speed, the he's passing. Not he's not as self. It's it's just. Kyle Lowry above John Wall? That's nuts. Above Bradley Beal? That's Ooh, nuts. Like, above DeMar DeRozan? That's a bit nuts. Like they don't they don't know the struggle that we've had with Kyle Lowry in the playoffs. Oh my god. Yeah, if and, you you could give me pretty much anyone else on this list in the playoffs and I'd say okay because Kyle Lowry just does not step up. DeMar has he did. DeMar has but also hasn't. Well, last year he did, but then we got and then he got, and then he, he, yeah, I don't want to talk about that all that much. Like, Rosen <laughs> stepped up in the series against Washington, Washington. And then didn't, wasn't to be found. In, well, nobody was. In Cleveland. But anyway, so Kyle Lowry averaged uh, 16 and change. 16, 5.6 rebounds per game, 6.9 yeah, assists per I, game. Like, he's a very, he's a very hardworking guy, pretty decent defender, but... As he's getting older, as he's getting paid $33 million, he isn't necessarily keeping up with the younger kind of players because I like, I he is like old. I like that they keep him as the center of the Raptors because he's had so much experience with us. And he's, he, and he he's, lead, he lead, he's leading these young guys that we have, which is good. But I don't like how much... like. Um, how much they're relying on Yeah, him. they're giving... They're relying way too much on his ability, which is very spotty. They're giving him uh, a lot of credit, which I don't... I don't want to say it's not deserved because he did do a really good job in changing his offensive approach and becoming more of a, a back seat in last year's offensive system. But I just think... Uh, like I, he's right. He's right behind Clay Thompson. <laughs> Clay Thompson's sitting at twenty-two, and then next is uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. Which, yes, yeah, like I. Him. And the thing, yeah, the thing is, is Lowry really isn't that caliber player anymore. Like mm-hmm. John Wall is a better still is a better. Hundred percent better point guard. Like I, I, I don't even know what else to say about that. But he, he works really hard. He has the heart that most teams like, that most players want to have in them. And another big thing is like he's a pretty, he's a pretty good three point shooter. So I, his effectiveness in in the the game nowadays is very high. Doesn't get all that many assists, but. I I would if I were SI, which I'm not. I'm not. If I were SI, I'd probably have him in the 30s. Maybe around maybe swap DeRozan. Swap DeRozan and and Lowry because DeRozan we'll get into DeRozan later, but I think that DeRozan's a a, a much better player than they're giving him credit for. And Lowry is not a much worse player than they're giving him credit for, but he uh he isn't all, all that, really. And now going into our last one, 
which is Kawhi Leonard sitting at number 12 on the top 100 NBA players of 2019 list. This, I can, I can agree with it because of what happened last year. If he was healthy, then he should definitely be higher. Because I mean, I'll, we'll say right now, two players behind him, Rudy Gobert at 14, and then Draymond Green at 13. Draymond is very much the same type of player, just worse, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Just a worse version of Kawhi. Not to say he's bad. Draymond is a great player, but Kawhi definitely deserves to be above him. And then in front of Kawhi, sitting at 11, is PG and then Jimmy Butler. So, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this? Well, Kawhi is, when healthy, is a top five player. Mm-hmm. For sure. Top three, even. Right? And I think his defensive ability is, just because he didn't play last year, like, Rudy Gobert's defensive ability is pretty much at the same level as Kawhi Leonard, I would say. Maybe a little bit a little bit less. And then Draymond Green is just a total overall overall player. So I think it's giving Kawhi Leonard a lot of respect putting him at number twelve after not playing an entire season. So I like that. I don't think anyone's surprised that he's the the best rated player on the Raptors. But I think I know I'm looking right here, it's uh and twenty sixteen which was his defensive player of the year. Was it his first one? No, he's won a couple. No, I'm saying... No, yeah, his first one was 2015, then 2016, yeah. and then 2017. Was when he wasn't playing. Was when he wasn't playing. But in that 2016 season, he was a 50-40-90 shooter, which is stupid. This, this is what, I've, this is what I no, said. I said this earlier. Like on we a, talked about this in a different podcast yeah. on why we think Kawhi is such a good player. Yeah, well, he was also ranked number four on the list for last year. Obviously, nobody knew that he was going to get injured and, and miss the entire season. But I think dropping him only eight is just a true testament to what he That's did. What because I was about to say that. that I feel like he's still ranked number 12 because of who he is. Yeah. Because... If you're gone for a whole season, you should definitely be be lower rated than that. Yeah, like you see Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward is definitely a top 20-ish guy. Top 15, maybe. Top 15, maybe. And he he definitely dropped to to below Lowry, which is saying, you know what I mean? That's yeah. saying something. So if a guy like Kawhi Leonard can come back and be healthy, I think I understand why he's number 12, but if he's healthy, he's number four again or yeah. number three. Right, so I like this a lot. It looks really good on the team, and there's just you can't argue with who's around him. Paul George is is a phenomenal player, all around player. Jimmy Butler, phenomenal all around player. So you can't argue him being ahead of those guys just because he didn't play at all last year. But I think it's a true testament to to the guy because he's ranked so high, even though he's injured. So and just for our yeah, last thing before we get into our others segment, we're gonna talk about DeRozan because he is still, as Toronto fans, he's still in our he hearts. He is very much in our hearts. He's still in our hearts. I and think about this, DeRozan every day. And this this placement at number thirty just 
This five is years yeah. This is a blasphemy. This is, this is a blasphemy. Andrew Sharp, if you're listening, you get your head out of your ass, buddy. <laughs> the past two years, what Drew Holiday is ranked above Demar Derozan. <laughs> this guy had like. Three this guy years. had a good series. A, a good, good series. <laughs> Anthony Davis is on his team. Any point guard looks good with Anthony Davis on your team. Oh my god. Chris Middleton. Oh, that one. People have been saying Chris Middleton is trash. And he's ranked above DeMar DeRozan. Oh, and then you got Bradley. Like, Bradley Beal, you can make the argument for. I Potentially. Potentially, yes. But mm-hmm. even then, uh, uh. But then, but then still, you got, you have Lowry at 23. What did, what has Lowry done in terms of game impact? These guys are nuts. These guys are nuts because DeMar DeRozan was an all-NBA player. Second team all-NBA I don't care what happened in the playoffs. He had the last playoffs against uh, against the Wizards. I think I want to say game. I want to say yeah, game five. Games. He had a forty point game. That's the most in Raptors history yeah, for playoffs. Yeah, That's it. Done. The most in a Raptors single game in the playoffs. So history. I I don't I really I really 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 don't care for this ranking because it's stupid. It's it's just DeRo- like. There's no, there's nothing that happened really, other than that one game in Cleveland where he had no, like he pretty much had no points. But right? to be fair, everybody had given up at that point on our team. Everybody was bad, yes, everybody was bad, but no points is kind of that's insane. But he, still, it's still it doesn't make sense for him to be number thirty because there's no injury that happened. Mm-hmm. He got traded to a situation where he's probably better off mm-hmm. with a phenomenal coach. He's you think he's gonna he's get going worse? To get yeah, you think he's gonna get worse playing under Greg Popovich? No, that's not gonna happen. And I think he's gonna be the main offensive target there, between him and Aldridge. I think he'll be fine. Murray's a very good passing uh, point guard. I I don't I just don't see where these guys like what these guys' argument is for having him at number thirty. He put up, he was second team All NBA. That's top ten. That's, you know what I'm saying? That's, yeah, that's the 10 best players in the league last season. And you're going to rank them 30. 30. So, it, Sports Illustrated, Mm-mm. you should probably figure it out. Two years in a row. Two years in a row. He's he's one of the most underrated players in, in the league. He's underrated and overrated at some times, but he's underrated in terms of where he ranks among the rest of, of, the, of the league. Of the league elites. Yeah. Like, into, yeah. yeah. All right. Enough so now, yes. Yeah, so now we're gonna get into the others. Um, there was some big news. There was the Carlson trade. We're not really gonna talk about that all that much, but I think it was a good deal. Uh, like kind of on both ends, they the Senators had to move away from from Carlson because he's just too good for them. He's gonna win you a game here and there. That's for sure. And if you're gonna get into rebuilding mode, you need you need prospects, and there's no one better really in the league right now for you to trade to get prospects yeah. right he's been he's been so highly mm-hmm. highly thought of and everybody loves him in in the hockey world so i i kind of like the trade for both teams the the sharks are going to be fantastic on on the back end with burns and contenders and now. carlson they're definitely I think if they weren't if they weren't contenders before they sure as hell are now they sure as hell are now as uh 
was it Keel that said now they can go and lose in the pl- in the in the Stanley yeah Cup yeah now they can again. go lose in the cup to to the Leafs again yep. so I just wanted to mention that briefly uh, and the other thing which we have two of our our topics and the others we the New Hampshire Fisher Cats won the Eastern Championship I think it was so the Eastern, Eastern League, League Championship yeah that's what it is so the the Fisher Cats, if you don't know, are the double A farm, farm team, team for the Blue Jays. Yeah. So that's that looks awesome on us. I'm pretty sure Bo Bichette was playing in that. He was a He's our one of our sec, he's our second? Yeah, he's our number two prospect. Um, prospect behind Vlad. And they were both at the beginning of the year top ten in the MLB, weren't they? Yeah, and I think they, they still are. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt if they still are. And so this is a really good luck on on the Jays. The Jays have a getting into the rebuild yeah, phase, yeah, and they're having a, a a fairly strong season with their with their prospects, and I mm-hmm. I do like what they're doing. They're I giving hate... a lot of playing time to prospects like uh, Rowdy Tellis today tied the game. Yeah, tied yeah. the game up. He is just an animal. He's he's such a good hitter. Yeah, so it's looking. It's looking up for the for these Jays. Hopefully, uh, Atkins said the next three to five years they'll be a contender again, which I think is a bit of a stretch. But I'll believe him when I see it. I'll believe him when I see it. I think five years definitely. Three, not maybe not. I think five years is enough time. Yeah, we'll see. We'll just see what they do in the rest of this time yeah. and how they manage these evidently very talented prospects. And then in other news. Uh, my heart broke. Oh my god. My heart broke into tiny little pieces <laughs> when I saw Edwin Encarnacion hit an absolute moonshot, followed by oh, Josh buddy. Donaldson hitting an absolute moonshot. So they went back to back the other day and it's and then, just and then doing the celly that they did with the Jays. Oh, yeah, it was just, it was really tough to watch. Um, real tears formed in my eyes. from my eyes. I I just love seeing them together playing again because I'm happy for them. Yeah, like I one with each other. Hate that they're not. I hate here. that they're not on the same team as the team that I'm cheering for. <laughs> I really that's the part that I don't like about it. But I think that them playing together is really a treat for for baseball fans because these are two of the most amazing hitters that Toronto fans have ever seen and that the league has really ever seen hit back-to-back or within two players of each other. So I hate it, but I love it because it's having them together is just good for this, for the sport, but having them together not on the Blue Jays breaks my tiny little heart. What's that? Uh, what's that Billy Ray Cyrus song? My achy breaky heart. That's all I could think of when I saw that rocket, that missile, that both of those, both of those guys. Hit. It just proves that Josh is healthy. Yeah. Which is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. We don't even know who we got, right? Still don't know. Still don't know. So. Oh, That's... and one more thing, speaking on Josh, there was, uh, we had just gotten word 
yesterday, no, Friday, so couple two days, days ago, ago. A couple days ago. That uh, the cards, the Cardinals, who were extremely interested in Josh for the past two years, had uh, offered. Uh, I forget his name, but a very good pitching prospect who they they call him a star pitching prospect. We still don't know who we got. We still don't know who we got. Jack Flaherty. Yeah, Jack Flaherty. And he's a he's a pretty pretty talented young A lot better than what we would have gone or what we're going to get. We don't we don't know that fully yet, but probably. Probably, yep. I wouldn't doubt it. So anyways guys, that's yeah. that's it for us today. We enjoyed talking. Yeah. Keel, I hope you feel better. You guys let us know, just like we're always going to say, let us know, give us feedback, give us topics you want us to talk about. Go like us on Facebook at Take6, at Take, the letter 6, IX. Follow us on Twitter, Take underscore 6, and we'll be posting this. If you're doing this, you're probably hearing it on Monday. And let us know. We have articles coming up this week. We're going to get our Instagram up and going, and we're going to do a daily countdown right when we started up we're gonna do a daily countdown of our top 10 favorites top 10 favorite toronto sports jerseys so stay tuned and our top five leaf but i think we're gonna do that afterwards but we're still gonna do it yeah we're still gonna do it uh so stay tuned for that keep a keep an eye out for us on facebook on on instagram on twitter we're gonna throw the podcast up on soundcloud uh so it's easier for everyone to access, easier for us to kind of track what's being listened to and whatnot. So anyways, thanks again, guys. This is from us at Take 6. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Yeah. I was running through the 6 with my walls. You know how that shit go.